All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Welcome in to week two of the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 with the commissioner of the Great Greater Catholic League South and the man who runs the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown, Tom Gamble. Tony Pike is normally with us. He's on an assignment on a beach somewhere, so he's much right. smarter than you and I are. Correct. I will credit it with that. Yeah. Between now and 11 o'clock in the next hour, and if you're listening when you're listening to it on a podcast form, that time won't matter to you. But inside the next hour, we're going to talk to a handful of coaches on both sides of the river talking about high school football games from last night. We'll, uh, we'll recap some of the scores. A reminder, you can go to Local12.com to get your entire complete Easy to read. Even you can read it is. Tom no, I can. Easy to I read have, scoreboard. I'm, I'm impaired visually, and I, I do. And, and you do a very nice job. It's organized daily by league. You put them in alphabetical order. I, I make it simple for, for the masses, You my do, friend. and, you, and I, I've never seen anyone more diligent that when maybe – because some of these games, especially this year, they've changed. Right. Like the Winton Woods-Milford game is tonight, tonight at 6, was originally scheduled for last evening. So you can find that updated. Oh, look, I'm, I'm giving you – I'm working. I'm promoting that. you and your station. Well, I'll be broadcasting. You'll actually be at the game right. tonight. Yeah, that's uh, our as, sh- one of our shows. plays games. at Harrison. It'll be a game you can see on the CW Cincinnati. Greg Waddell and I will yeah. have it for you on TV. It's the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown game. And you had one last night as well out at Princeton we High School, a game that uh, you can watch on watchhssports.tv. Look, you're everywhere, yeah. And from ESP Media. As uh, Lakota, uh, Lakota East uh, handed Princeton its first loss, 28-19. to Big big game for uh, for Juan Thornhill. Had an interception, 55-yard TD run late in the game. Uh, tell me about it. You were there. You watched it. Yeah, Josh Thornhill did come up or with Josh some Thornhill, big plays yeah. for, for Lakota East. And, and I had a chance to talk to him during the week and, and really came up with a 55. It was 14-3. to thir- Prince got out to a slow start. And I, and I don't know whether you can attribute that to Lakota East being kind of prime, maybe thinking they're catching Princeton in the right spot. Let's not forget. Well, in Princeton's 3-0 start, though, well, they, I don't want to say it was smoke and mirrors. No, but they, well, they to their credit, they to won right. three games that they just as easily probably could have lost. And, and I talk, we talked to a couple of Princeton kids, including their junior quarterback, Makai Lynn, and, you know, they were talking about getting back to that Princeton tradition. They were also – I asked Mike Daniels, a coach, about – you know, do you get worried when you win? Because they had posted their first win against Colerain right. down 17 in the fourth with seven minutes left. They had beaten Colerain since 1997. So, you know, when he said no, he said, you know, we're ready. We know East is tough. And Josh Thornhill came up with a big interception in the first quarter, in the first half, I should say. Then when it was 14-13 to 13 East, ripped off a 55-yard touchdown run to kind of extend the lead, later had a key pass breakup. And, you know, East, once they got the lead and once it got over one score, they were able to kind of run the clock. Uh, I, you know, in that league in the GMC, I'm not surprised. On and, and it's the old adage, with the exception of maybe a couple teams, there's a huge pack in the middle. And I think yes. you've got the separation now where the two undefeateds are. Lakota West, although, as you saw last night. 7-7 in the fourth with right, Fairfield. Ended test, up winning by, by 14. Yep. Still very much tested. And then Mason. So it, it's setting and up. Mason only won 21-13 Sycamore. So. Setting up for that week six Mason at Lakota West game, perhaps for the outright GMC title. Elsewhere in the GMC last night, Colerain bounced back from its uh, two losses to beat Middletown 42-6. to Middletown obviously a little overmatched, but good to see them at least playing. There was sure. obviously a debate for a Absolutely. period of time whether they were going to play false Free sports. the middies. So the middies did One get free, but uh, got beat pretty handily. And Hamilton beat O'Kills 41-13. Hamilton in that game, 370 yards rushing. So there's the Greater Miami Conference from last night. And you mentioned it. It does set up for a, a week six final regular season week showdown between Lakota West and Mason. Well, and I think there's a couple things in the GMC this year. Look, everybody, how many years have they talked about 
this is it for Cole Rain. And I think it's amazing that string, which is 11 years and three games, back to 2008 when they lost on the road at Middletown. They hadn't lost a GMC game until, of course, week one when Wes came to Cole Rain to beat them 10-0. Then, of course, they lost the second game. So that didn't surprise me. I, I think maybe you're seeing, though, a little chatting. Tom Bolden, who was at Cole Rain for many of those successful years, now at West. We talked to Tom Bolden last week. On the program, West has got some guys. I mean, if you watch, you know, if you do the eye test, and there have been plenty of other years where you could have done the same thing, but I think now it's translating to wins on the field. And I think West is a team that when you get to the postseason, and you got to remember his son, Mitch, who's their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. Right. I mean, starting as a sophomore. That, that defense is really good. It's very good. But, I mean, it's not by mistake that they've got Ryan Kelly, who just signed a, a massive contract extension with the Colts, and Jordan Hicks. I mean, they got two guys, prominent players in the NFL, and have sent a host of guys on to big-time college footballs. Well, West has had players. It just seems like now you got to just change that mentality. You know, I think coaches will tell you when you get to a program that maybe is there but can't get over the hump, you got to get them there, yeah, and Larry, I think that's Larry, what's Larry happened. Cox did a good job. He it did, just, no it question. It just so happened that it just it never quite got over the hump. They had the year where they pulled the upset when they were what the 16 seed, right? Um, and they beat off. They knocked off Centerville. Right. Centerville was the one seed. And, that's correct. Yeah, and and that was a that was a nice moment for them. But it always felt like they had just yeah. enough dudes and couldn't quite get there. Tom Bolden's got some dudes, well, and he's getting there. And don't forget, last year in Bolden's first year at West, they were 7-3 and three right. in the regular season and then wound up having to go to the pit to take on Elder in the first round of the playoffs. Wound up 7-4, and four, and now here they sit 4-0 and oh with a legitimate chance to go into Week 7 at 6-0. and oh. Speaking of Larry Cox, he's now at Talawanda last yep. night in the Southwest Ohio Conference. They lost to Edgewood 34-14. They were off to a 2-0 and oh start, but have lost back-to-back games. And Mount Healthy with a 27-20 win over Northwest. Let's go to the uh, to the Eastern Cincinnati Conference and look back at the action from uh, from last night because we had an individual performance that was off the charts. Kings running back Ty Stilski, yeah. 217 yards rushing, six touchdowns. They beat Lebanon 41-20. And I know last week we were talking in terms of some of the teams in, in you know below Division One that that have a chance to to maybe make some noise in the postseason. I know we look at LaSalle, we look at Winton Woods. Mm-hmm. I think we got to start looking at Kings. Well, Kings is one, and, and and I saw the video highlights of Ty Stilski, and boy, he looked outstanding. I mean, he's off to a great start. And uh, Alex Garvin, year number two after taking over for longtime, very successful Kings coach Andy Olds. And let's not forget how good and how consistent of a winner Kings program is year in and year out. You know, and maybe they've had a year or two where they would have told you they had expected to go a little deeper in the postseason. But I think you're right. I think it's, it's separating. And of course, Turpin, which did not play this week. They're setting up for at Winton Woods week six. Right. So as long as Winton Woods, again, which plays Milford tonight at six, you know, you could be looking at the GMC and the ECC, still plenty of chips to fall and Kings still in that mix. But nonetheless, that could be for the ECC title because Turpin's been awful good under Kent McCullough's been second great. year there. And, and naturally, Winton Woods and Andre Parker, year in and year out, the fact that they didn't make the playoffs last year, the only people breathing a sigh of relief there were those who would have ha- perhaps had to face them in the postseason. Yeah, would have had to try to tackle Mayan Williams. Cur- yeah, those, are the ones, those are the ones that breathe the right. sigh of relief. I, yeah, that was one of the weirdest things ever for them to fall just short of making it because you can argue, it's an argument, mm-hmm. but you can argue – they might have won a state championship well, or certainly made a run for one. And I think you sort of agree with me. And I don't have an issue with the Harbin computer ratings, which are not uh, I, being used this year I in love Ohio. Them. Yes. But it's the very first time that every school in Ohio will make the postseason. But 
there's an occasional year where you get a circumstance like that that, let's be honest, if you do the eye test and you watch them and you talk to coaches. You know that team's really good. Did, well, that just didn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Winton Woods was not in, that made no sense whatsoever because they clearly in, in Region 8 were one of the top eight teams. All right, this year, as you mentioned, every team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to seed them. That, mm-hmm. that process has not taken place yet. And then That ought to be interesting. Like the basketball yes. where you try to pick and avoid yes. and who do you want to play when and where. So it's all that. This question was bandied about a little bit among some people I know, and, and, and it is, if, if this works out this season, if, if we get through this and people start to go, huh, everybody making the playoffs isn't so bad, it didn't water it down as much as we thought, it may lead to better regular season matchups down the road because teams don't have to worry about who they're playing, right. um, etc. Do you think we could go to this format, or do you think next year we do revert back to the Harbins? You're it's the commissioner great, of the GCL South, and so you've well, got your pulse on it a little bit. It's a great question, and I would tell you that I can absolutely guarantee you that the schools in the GCL South would prefer everybody in. Simply think, because, again, from a scheduling well, we have, standpoint. From a scheduling standpoint, we only have, there's only three league games. And I mean, so can you imagine being an athletic director at one of the four GCL right. South schools where not a lot of public schools already want to play you? They, they just simply don't. I mean, that's historical. If you look over the schedules, you wonder why they have to go out of town for a lot of games. So I think clearly, and I've had coaches tell me, coaches out of this league tell me how much more inclined they would be to schedule. Now, I'll be honest. I've never understood the mentality of not wanting to play. If you went and you asked your kids, do you want to play one of these good programs, I will guarantee you 90% or higher of the kids on your football team would say absolutely. Because, you know, there's a local AD who's at a public school, and, and he has always said this to me. He said, I've always asked my football coach, do you just want to make the playoffs or do you want to win a state championship? And his point is, if you want to win a state championship, at some point in the postseason, you're going to have to play these teams. So I've had other people tell me, uh, we don't want to play those guys. We start 14 points down. Well, I would suggest the only way you don't start 14 points down is if you play them and at some point eventually beat them. So to your question, it's a good one. I don't know. I like the Harbin computer ratings. I I do too. But but I will say. As someone who grew up in Kentucky – um, loves Kentucky, loves Kentucky right. sports. I don't like the football playoff format where literally everybody gets in and you have such right. such well, a soul mismatch. Everybody well, gets in. like five I mean, schools. Well, five so schools Indiana, like, but I mean, in the tri-state, Indiana, literally but, but everyone gets in. you have such mismatches in the first round that it's almost worthless. Well, just I, I can't remember what the what the number was, but somebody counted them. I think it was Joe Daneman actually counted it up last year in that week one games in Kentucky. Oh, how many running clocks? It was ungodly. Oh, sure the was. disparity between and so I, I'll, I'll go back to answer my own question perhaps it feels like in a region i think there's 18 i'm just doing division one off the top mm-hmm. i think there's 18 teams in this region down here in division one eight of those make the basically half make the playoffs right. see to me that's enough i think that's a good number well and you. i would ask you this I, oh i would now now some would argue that look at some of the other you know we we typically focus as most people do on the larger schools the division ones but take a look at, I think, in some of the other regions, the well, smaller schools, that's where maybe more teams are deserving because you so maybe, can't make a case. Maybe we tweak this then, Tom. Right. Maybe maybe you look at the entire state, take the Harbins, take whatever. How many, how many? It's four, 32 teams make the playoffs, right? Yep. Let's take the top 32, and then, yeah, maybe it's a little drive for a school east of here to come to a Cincinnati school, but regionalize those 32 perhaps give a little bit more reward system to somebody who finishes well i want to go back to answer one part of your question 
as someone who scheduled the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown starting in 1998 up until recently when we've kind of changed it and we now have it during the entire season, I can tell you finding games was brutal. So if you did have everybody in, no question. Right. Teams would absolutely be more willing to – you'd have better games. No question. If you look at the early game, and most leagues now have eight – League games. Yeah, so the, G- the GMC went to that format. Right. It was brilliant because it worked a way to get what four but or five if, of their team, five of their teams in the playoffs. But if you and, and there, there was debate in their own conference Whether initially, that was right. like, would, would we beat one another and, and, and lesser Steve, teams would get Steve in? Steve Chuck is a smart man. He knew how the Hawks yeah. were going to work. Well, but I would tell you what you have, especially at the smaller school levels, early in the season, you have horrific early season matchups. Horrific. Yeah. Weeks one, two, and if they play week three, the non-conference games are terrible. Yeah, you get a handful of good ones, but overall, I think you're right. Let me wrap up the Eastern Cincinnati Conference. Little Miami beat Loveland 55-20, and Anderson with a 42 nothing win over West Claremont. Jackson Kuhn ran for three touchdowns, yeah. threw for two more, accounted for 347 well, yards total offense. Anderson is a, is an interesting team. They are, they are. They are a fun team to watch. Well, they're Three and one, and remember they gave up seventy points and they lost to King. So what does that tell you about how good Kings is? Exactly, exactly. I mean, really and boy, good. I got to tell you, Loveland. Whew, I feel bad. I mean, I really do. When you see those, we scores, are less than a decade removed oh, yeah. from playing for a state title. Well, right? and, and being really even in the year, a couple of the other years when they didn't win a state title, they were extremely competitive. And boy, they are really struggling. No question. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back. We'll head across the river to Northern Kentucky, where Covington Catholic's thirty-one game regular season win streak was on the line. Great game. And put very much to the test. New Cath off to a very good start. Highlands bounces back from the loss yep. to Simon Kenton and much, much more. We continue. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Get the skinny on Cincinnati Sports with Richard Skinner, only on Local12.com on the Local 12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati Sports News 24-7. Get the skinny, only on Local12.com on the Local 12 News app. Skyline is your home away from home, a place where you feel comfortable with your family and friends. Know that we're taking extra precautions to help our guests and employees stay well as we welcome you back into our dining rooms. Whether you choose drive-through, carry-out, or dine-in service, we'll serve up your favorite conies and ways and make you feel right at home. That's what Skyline Time is all about. Three, two, one. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with Tom Gamble, the commissioner of the Greater Catholic League South and the proprietor and man who runs the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown. We're going to look across the river in northern Kentucky in this segment where uh, last night Covenant Catholic had a 31-game regular season win streak on the line playing uh, Dixie Highway rival Beachwood. Came away with a 19-17 win. Our pleasure to welcome in the head coach of CovCath, Eddie Eviston. And Eddie, I, I think for the fans, after they saw the win over Dixie Heights last week, 21-14, they're thinking, boy, what's wrong with Cuffcath not getting the running clocks? I think people don't realize how hard this game can be sometimes. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, you know, you know this is one of those things where, um, you know, we're, every, every year is different. You know, every year you have a new team and you have a new identity, and, um, you know, and, and, and that's what it is. And uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure people are seeing the, you know, the, the points that we're uh, not scoring, uh, you know, maybe the points we're giving up. But uh, you know, it, I'm just I'm just proud of our kids and uh, the resiliency they've shown, uh, not only for the last two weeks, but really for the last six six to eight months. 
Well, yeah. You know, I mean, when you look at this, though, you still have won 32 regular season games in a row. You have one loss the last three years, and that happened to be a close game in the state final. I mean, do you, and I know you pride yourself on winning tradition and, and, and constantly motivating the next group to continue the Cubcat tradition. You know, how do you how do you keep, and I don't want to say focus, because I know when they play for you, you're a focused kind of guy. But how do you... What do you? What message do you have for people who kind of look and say, you know, what's wrong with Cubcalf? Because there's nothing wrong with Cubcalf. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, uh, you know, it's like uh, I don't. I, you're right. There's nothing wrong with uh, with us. We know we're just uh, you know new guys, uh, just like everybody else at the high school level experiences. Uh, you know, you get you get, you get new kids, you get experienced kids, and um, and obviously with uh, you know the, the short term. of uh, short time frame of uh, preparation. You, you're, you're just trying to get these guys, uh, you know, to, to play at a high level. But uh, you know, it takes some time um, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, our biggest thing is uh, you're right. We harp on uh, being focused. We just harp on trying to do the right things, and and uh, you know, we're going to continue to do that. And uh, it's like I told our guys even even last night. You know, it's, it's really not about the W. It's you know, how did we did we go about things the right way? Did, um, you know, and all those things. And if the, if the W happens, great. You know, um, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, we got to continue to learn learn from those things. Yeah, Eddie, you talk about focus. I mean, your team's down one, seventeen, sixteen. Caleb Jacobs leads a drive that leads to the game-winning field goal by Trey Granati. Um, I, I think that's probably as a coach got to be gratifying to watch your team all of a sudden. Hey, look, got to put one good drive together. You know, got to then make the field goal, and you put the drive together. You got a great kicker, and he got the job done. That tells me a lot about a football team. How about you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, we, you know, even we watched film last night. You watched it again this morning, and uh, even that drive, you know, there's so many mistakes we're making um, from an execution standpoint. But you know, the fight that those guys, uh, the, the the kids had, and uh, you know, there's some uh, like you know, Caleb's, you know, Caleb's uh individual performance of uh, trying to keep that drive alive, um, both with his, with his arm and his and his feet. You know, it's good to see that. You know they're they're competing. You know there's a, you know, they're, they're competing to the to the best of their ability. Eddie Eviston, the football coach at Covenant Catholic, is our guest. The Colonels win last night, 19 to 17 over Beachwood, a good lot rival game from Dixie Highway. Again, two and zero and 32 consecutive straight regular season wins. And I, I've heard your Eddie men, reference a couple times already. Just what a strange preseason, lack of preseason, different preseason, whatever. For you and the way that you like to kind of set up the program from a coaching perspective, has it been different? Do you find that maybe the team is especially trying to transition to some younger guys? Has that made it more difficult to get off to a faster start? Definitely. I mean, definitely. I think uh, I think anything anything you do, be it sports, business, uh, anything in the world, you know, if you can prepare and uh, you, know, you can get your, your feet wet a little bit, obviously you're going to be in better shape to – to perform and execute, and so we, uh, you know, we're all in the, we're all in the same boat. You know, every every team is in the same boat, and it has been difficult. And you know, we do have young guys. I mean, on defense, we graduated 10, 10 starters, and uh, you know, offense, we only returned really three three starters that are are back ready to play this year. So, you know, we're going to have some inexperience and um, you know, lack of of game experience. So we just, you know, like I told our coaching staff, you know. We got to think at like week eight, week nine is where, you know, we might really figure out what type of team we have and, and what our identity is. And Eddie, you mentioned about some of those starters being on. We'd be remiss if we didn't ask you if you had a chance to watch Michael Mayer's debut 
at Notre Dame, of course, the last year's Kentucky Mr. Football, and, and not only playing, but playing well in the first game. I know Notre Dame hosts South Florida today, but boy, this is a kid, I mean, listening to the announcers call the game on Notre Dame, I mean, this is a kid, I know you saw him every day in practice, besides just seeing him on the in, in game situations, but I mean, this is a guy that I think everybody expects to be playing football for a long time. I, I agree. I mean, obviously, he's uh, he's one of those kids that he did. He competed every day, and I think I think that's one probably the biggest characteristic that I think you can excel at the next level. And uh, you know, there, he probably went in as a freshman, made a ton of mistakes. There was a lot of things he probably didn't know, and it's just one of those things. Like you know, as a coach, if you give put him out there, give him a chance especially during the game, he's, he's such a competitive spirit. He's going to perform, and I think that's what we saw last week, um, you know, with his performance in game one. So, you know, I know he's excited. You know, he was, uh, he was very uh, a little nervous before the game last week, but, uh, you know, he said he just needs to get that first play under his belt. I think he did that. And I think uh, all of us in Northern Kentucky – you know, saw something that we've been seeing for the last uh, few years. And to think he almost was a basketball player only, Eddie. It's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It really is. So, All right, Eddie, we appreciate it. Let's get back to practice. Congrats on the win over Beach with the 2-0 start, the extended regular season winning streak, and we'll uh, catch up with you a little bit later in the year. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. No, no problem. Thanks, Eddie, Eddie Evanston, the head football coach of Covenant Catholic. And, and, you know, look, I mean – Ten starters gone on defense. And only Michael, three guys. And, and Michael Mayer was a dude on defense. Oh, I mean, I mean right? He no, he played college, right. But correct. Yeah. But but the reality and, and and boy, does he have a chance to be good or what? I I mean, I've thought all along he, he once yeah. he started playing football, the, bigger you now watch him play. He's yeah. gonna play on Sundays. I Six just four two fifty now. Yeah. I mean, just uh, but but you know, I think that and athletic to boot. I mean, he was a terrific basketball player on top. Right, of that. he really was. And the other piece is too. Don't forget, Dixie Heights. I know they lost a close one at Corbin. We'll get to some of the other well, Kentucky games. hang on. But, let, let's tie that in. Yeah. Beachwood played Corbin a right. tough game the week before, pulled right. off a win. Covcath only beat Dixie by a touchdown. And right. people were going, what's wrong with Covcath, right? Well, Corbin turns around last night, beats Dixie by six. Covcath beats Beachwood by two. I mean, I think those four teams, it shows right. pretty close. Pretty I mean, I, I'm not a big comparative score guy, but I think when you look at those, I don't think there's anything wrong with Covcath. I think it shows you Beachwood's pretty darn good. Dixie's better. Uh, Corbin's pretty darn good. Covcast still knows how to win games. I think there's the differential right there. You win 31 in a row, yeah. you find a way to win you that do. game last night. Uh, no That's question. what you do. Well, and I think I'm, I'm equate this back to the Ohio side quickly, but it's like Cole Rain. Everybody, I'm sure, is panicked now because Cole Rain is 2-2. Two and two. But, I mean, let's not forget, they, they lost to an undefeated Lakota West team with their former coach who knows a thing or two about what Cole Rain does, right? And then they lost to Princeton when they blew a lead that they would probably tell you if the coaches pulled off and Sean Cutright would go, we had no business losing that game. So, you know, you'll find out about Cole Rain now. You face adversity. Can you come back from that? You see what happens. But there's plenty of other games in Northern Kentucky last night as well. Yeah, how about our guy Bryson Warner at Boone yeah. County, the Boone County alum. Absolutely. used to coach at Ryle High School, um, taking over a program that, let's face it, has is, is kind of fallen on hard times yep. the last uh, six, seven years. And uh, I think people initially pointed to coaching as the reason, and it really wasn't. They just hit on some hard times sure. from, a, from a player standpoint. But uh, got a big win in overtime against Scott, yeah. 28-22. I, I don't know if the wins are going to come in bunches for It's going to take County, some time. But he's I mean, a, such a good coach, and I think yeah. he's the right guy in the right place at the right time well, for that program. And you mentioned Boone County. I mean, I mean Boone County and Connor were your first two. 
Boone County area Forever. schools. Forever. Right? I mean, Boone County was the first. Connor first. came along in 1971. Correct. Ryle came along in 19, or 2000, or I'm sorry, 19, what, 95, 94? Yeah, mid, mid-90s. And Cooper came along in 2008. Right. So suddenly so, it's well, a county of two schools up to four schools. And most of the people moving into Boone County, most, are, are in the Union-ish, Burlington-ish area, which is That's Cooper, Ryle, and, and even Hebron. So some of the new developments out there going to Connors. So, I mean, it's that, that should come as – so that leaves Boone County essentially with not a lot of new residency, new influx of, of talent. And, you know, if, if Bryson Warner can't get it done at his alma mater, I, I would tell you it's going to be a real, real challenge for yes, anyone. Yes, agreed. He was a great choice. I mean, he, play, he played for he Owen Houck. Yep. Um, certainly uh, played at Western tree, Kentucky. Played at Western a, Kentucky. Did a great job as the coach at Ryle. Still Ryle. can fit into his letterman's jacket when they introduced him as coach. I still think he'll, he'll have it. But, but you got to sell you a house. Program, and he can sell you a house, too. Yeah. He actually helped me get office space once many go. years I, ago. I know that. I realize that. All right, elsewhere in Northern Kentucky, uh, Connor, you just mentioned them a moment yep. ago, beat Campbell County 29-6. to Highlands bounced back from the loss to Simon Kenton 23-14. Charlie Noon with yeah. 154 yards and two touchdowns rushing in that game. Simon Kenton handled Walton Verona 36-6. And a game we had on TV last week, Newcath beating Walton Verona. Newcath last night knocked off Holy Cross 32-6. Malachi Herndon, the quarterback, who uh, actually came up a little lame in that game and played the second half with what looked like a, a really gimpy ankle. Nice comeback for him last night. Three touchdown passes, two touchdown runs. And, and I hate to say this, but it feels like the usual suspects, right, once again, well, the ones we're going to be talking about in Northern yeah. Kentucky. Well, let me ask you about Highlands. Because certainly people in Fort Thomas, Highlands with a great tradition. I mean, it's it's Louisville Trinity and then it's Highlands in terms of 1-2 in most state yes. championships with Beachwood not far behind. But, you know, I, I guess, you know, when you look at Highlands, and you can, you can say this and say that, everybody always, you know, coaches get too much credit and too much blame a lot of times. At high school sometimes, the talent is let me, cyclical. Let me tell you something. I, I think I'm a pretty good basketball coach, right? I, I do. I, I, I've got. If you've those. learned to control your temper, yes, yes, you're probably getting better. But look. I have some guys that are pretty good that have played for me, so yeah. I, I I recognize that, and especially in high school sports. But what you I mean, recognize like, is if you don't have talent, you can't the, win. The, yeah, the best you can do is just have your guys compete. compete That's the only thing you right. can do. And okay. if you've got the guys and you are a good coach and you get them to compete, then you're going to win. If you don't have guys, all I can do is ask you to compete. That's all I've, I can do, and hopefully we can win, but just go compete. So now you've got a sophomore quarterback right. who, who looks very talented at Highlands, right? But but you don't know how the re- you know I, I guess my question is, you know is it fair you know, because people you know how people are in communities like that where you're accustomed to nothing you know Highlands wants to I win a Mo- state I think championship. Mo- I think is going through some of that. Yep. Okay. But but you got to look look at Moeller when they play against some of these other teams and ask yourself do they have as much talent? And I think in most cases you probably say no, I right? Mean, if you'd have watched the Louisville Trinity game last week. It looked like men and boys, and that's not a knock at Mo. It's not a slap. Trey right. was just had they had guys well, they're one of the top, on top of guys nationally, on top of guys. and a perennial. Right. Man, they've become a perennial and national team. It's a perfect mix. Bob Beatty's a great football coach, right. runs a great program. You can right. see how disciplined they are. His system. But he's got dudes. It's great when you can take the X and make the X do what right. you want or the O and make the O do what you want. It's another thing when the O isn't quite as fast as the X or vice versa, right? But I, it, it is, what, but I would argue. Big. And we'll get to the GCL South later. Yes. But, I would, but even last night, I mean, they, they played a much better game at Elder at the pit against a good Elder team. I, I guess my point is people just need before. Everybody always wants to coach out. 
And before you want the coach out anywhere, I would just tell you, ask yourself, and most people who want the coach out are idiots, to be perfectly honest with you, and they don't, they don't do this, is to ask yourself, when you watch that team play another team, do they have as much talent? Right. I think Cooper falls into that mix right now. They lost to Louisville to Sales last night. DeSales is a great, I don't want to say smaller school program, but they're a, a couple of classes right. down yep. uh, from Cooper, but lost 42-14. Randy Borch is the same coach today as he was when they went to a state championship. State championship game, He's a great right. football coach. Right. It just so happens DeSales is better. And, and an injury to a key guy right. when, you're, when you're starting quarterback that w- yes. had an outstanding year a year ago. And you have to then move a guy who's right. going to be a good wide receiver Who's going to give you a lot of versatility. Right. Jeremiah Lee. Correct. Yeah. I, it's just, you know. But again, but people don't want to look at that. Everybody's got the answer, and most people don't know anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to go back to Newcastle for a second. Yes. I was looking at their schedule, and they do have Beachwood uh, late in the season. Right. And they have Holy Cross coming up. Not Holy Cross coming. They've got, uh, I believe, I believe one other one other non district game that may be tough. But I was looking at them possibly running the table. I I think based on what I see from Beachwood last night and them being two A, that that Newcastle probably doesn't get past Beachwood. But I think Newcastle's going to be a really tough out in Class A this well, year. Well, they and, were and, last year. Obviously. I was going to say they were last year too. They just ran into a team that really was probably the only team before the state final that would have beaten them and did. Yeah. So I think Holy Cross. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think the Beachwood Newcastle game has traditionally been one at the end of the season that's an outstanding game. Yeah. For good and, rival. And it's game. been weird because Beachwood was A right. when when Newcastle was two A. Newcastle is now A and Beachwood's two A. So right. they're never in the same. They haven't. They used to be a long time ago. They haven't Correct. been in the same district for quite some time. Two other quick scores to note: Holmes with a twelve. 12-6 win over Newport last night. And my future hometown, uh, Ludlow. Ludlow. 54-33 winners over Bishop Rosser. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll come back and look at some games in the Cincinnati Hills League, the GCL Co-Ed, the GCL South, and much, much more. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting us help you. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for being patient. For standing six feet apart. For sending lunch. And thank you for saying thank you. Thank you to my family for understanding that I am doing something important for our whole community. Thank you to my team. Thank you for staying strong. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Three, two, one. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com. Tom Gamble, the commissioner of the Greater Catholic League South and the man who runs the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown alongside Tony Pike on assignment today, but he'll be back with us next week. Our pleasure now to welcome in the head coach of the Wyoming Cowboys, Aaron Hancock. His team played on Thursday night, knocking off Deer Park 35-7 to to go to 4-0. They've outscored opponents 117-16. to Aaron, in a year where you lose a dynamic player in Evan Prater, it seems like your defense has really picked up the slack. Yeah, our, our defense is doing a great job. I think uh, all our guys are, are really um, uh, stepping in and, and doing a tremendous job. Our program does a great job of preparing kids to play, and, and uh, this year is no different. Aaron, you've obviously got a great program at Wyoming year in and year out. You and Indian Hill have kind of been the, the, the two upper echelon teams of the Cincinnati Hills League. We'll get to that potential matchup at some point, maybe down the road. But as Richard mentioned, when you lose an Evan Prater, a guy who was so good 
for so long, if you will. How do you address that with your team? I mean, when you know you have a guy who every time you needed a big play, you know you had the guy to make it. What was your philosophy with this year's group of players knowing there's no Evan Prater and approaching this season? Well, you know, Evan, you can't you, you can't replace a player like Evan Prater. Um, what you can do is you can you can put your kids in a position to be successful, and I, I believe that that's what we are doing. Uh, we have a lot of talent still on our team and in our program, and uh, our kids are, are just you know uh, chomping down, ready to just get out there and compete every single week. And and uh, you know we're really excited about our program and and the kids in our program and and. Uh, you know, you can't control, um, you know, what what's going on in the outside world and, and who makes the schedules and things like that. But but what you can control is, is how you get out there and work every single day. And our kids are prepared and our kids are excited about the opportunity to go out and compete every single Friday. Well, now on a normal season, you can blame the AD for the schedule, right? I mean, that's kind of how football coaches operate. But no, let me but let me ask you, you mentioned about the program. And I mean, I think, yeah. you know, a lot of coaches will tell you, you know, it, it's maybe it's difficult to get a program to a certain level. It's even more difficult to maintain that level. But it seems like you and I, I've known you and been around a number of your teams and games. You seem to thrive on that. Like once, you, once you've achieved success, keeping it there. Is that something that just gets instilled in the new group of players every year to like look back and, and having them say, hey, we're not going to be the group that suddenly declines a little bit. We're going to keep moving up. Well, I think I think ultimately, what is your ultimate goal? If your ultimate goal is to win uh, football games and you express that on a daily basis to your kids, what happens when you lose? You know, what's the response? You know, and so our goal every single week is to be the best that we can be, and and winning comes along with that, absolutely. But but that's not our that's not our main end goal. Our end goal is for us to be the best football players that we can be, the best team that we can be, and we preach that all the way down to our youth level, all the way through middle school, all the way through high school, every single year. And and those are the things that our kids buy into that process. They buy into the process of being the best they can be, and winning comes along with that. So each week we hit that reset button. Uh, you know, as a program, we hit that reset button, and, and it's a one-week season every single week. And it sounds cliche, but but uh, but that's the way it is. And uh, our kids buy into it, and they see the uh, they see the big picture of, of buying into the process and, and investing their time and 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 their work, and they see the results of that each and every week. So so they buy into that a little bit easier. So. Um, you know that's the kind of stuff that we preach on a daily basis, and and uh, our kids are they're tremendous kids, tremendous football players, tremendous kids on and off the field, and uh, you know very happy with the way our program uh, continues to build young men. Aaron, you talked about hitting that reset button every week, and this was a, obviously a, a, the off season of off seasons where we didn't know if we were going to play. Now we're four weeks in for for most teams. There's been a handful of cancellations across the tri-state, but not very many. Um, how much kind of preaching that philosophy did it help to, to navigate your way through that offseason, to, to not know from week to week, are we going to play, are we not going to play, to where all you could maybe accomplish was, hey, let's get through this week, let's see where we are, we'll go to the next week, let's see where we are, and suddenly you end up having a season. How much did that kind of philosophy help you get through that offseason? It did, it, it, it did a lot. I think our kids, they invest, they, they, see the, they see the way that they can invest their time and their efforts, and they see the benefit of that. 
each and every week in the off season. You know, we have a tremendous off season program. We have a lot of kids that are committed. You know, we have 62 kids on our team, nine through 12, and and on a daily basis, we'll have you know all 62 there on a voluntary basis, and then uh, but we averaged anywhere between 50 or uh, 55 to 62 players there every single day wow. in the summer. Wow! I mean, just. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of programs that, that you don't see that level of commitment. I think success, the success that we've had, um, definitely helps that, and winning does help that. Kids want to be around the program when, when you win more. Um, but, uh, but our kids are invested in this program, and uh, they're invested in just their, their teammates. They're invested in this community. Um, you know, it's a great place to, uh, great place to be, and uh, our kids just – they enjoy playing football. You know, every day they go out there, they see the value of playing football and being a teammate on Wyoming football. Aaron Hancock, the head football coach of Wyoming, is our guest. Wyoming wins on Thursday night against Deer Park. That same night, Indian Hill wins. Both teams are 4-0. and And Aaron, this Indian Hill won it in 2015. You've won it every year since, that being the CHL title. And it's normally come down to what is week 10 when these two schools play. Are you going to share? How yeah. Gonna, how, are you guys going to share right. nicely? How we're, I've had a number of people ask me, man, Wyoming's not playing Indian Hill this year now. In, in theory, conceivably, you couldn't meet in the postseason. I know you don't want to look ahead of next Friday, but but that's got to seem weird because I know I know they say, man, we're going to miss playing Wyoming. I'm sure your guys feel that same way during the regular season. How different is that going to be? Because that's been such a great game. Yeah, it's been a great rivalry. Um, you know, it's always been um, uh, a good game every single year, and we – the last three years we've had to see them uh, in the playoffs. Right. And, um, you know, they, they, they run a great program. And uh, we're, we're every every single year, you know, we want to – our goal is to win the CHL. And, uh, of course, we've had to, you know, go through Indian Hill um, multiple times throughout to, to, to get that championship. But, uh, you know, we're focused on, like we said, we're focused on winning the league title. We have two games still left in the league, and uh, we got to take care of business there and then get into the playoffs, and then our goal is to win a regional championship. And, uh, you know, uh, we feel like if we can win our league title, we can go, and you, you know, you go into the playoffs, you can win a regional title, then you can win a state title. And I think, you know, taking those steps and, and buying into that process is important. But, you know, um, I'm – you can't control, um, you know, the schedule sure. situations. You can't control, you know, who you see in the playoffs. I think it's going to be very interesting this year in the playoffs with the number of teams and and things that have opted in. And and you know, now you got to win five games to get out of your region. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's going to look a little different um, this year. And but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. You might be playing some teams that you've never seen before. Yeah. You never had the opportunity to play. Um, you know, especially in our region, we have some northern schools and some schools out east that we don't have an opportunity to play a lot. And so uh, it's interesting. But, you know, um, we're excited about the opportunity every single week to go out and play. I mean, what can you be more happy about yeah. I mean, in this type of situation that we're in? Our kids are just sure. very excited to get out and play. And, uh, you know, we try to express that. Is, is there's a lot of people that, that want to be in your shoes right now. So take advantage of every opportunity you get, and uh, success will come. All right, no question. Well, you know a thing or two about success. Aaron, congrats on the 4-0 start, and good luck the next two weeks, and we'll catch up with you when the postseason begins. Thanks a lot, guys. 
Thanks for all you do for high school football in Cincinnati. Appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Right, appreciate appreciate it. Aaron Hancock, head football coach of Wyoming, and I, I can give you the stat because I know you love numbers. I love numbers. S- since 2015, Indian Hill is 61 and 12. 61 and 12. Half those losses to Wyoming. Seven of the 12. 12. And six, as he mentioned, the last three years because they've won. Wyoming's beat Indian Hill in the regular season finale and beaten him again in the postseason. And I want to tell you, that's hard to do. Oh, it is. Because usually the rematch is the revenge factor. There's more on the line with the playoffs. But I can tell you. a good team a couple of times. From having Indian Hill last week in the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown where they won at Marymount, I can tell you, I think Indian Hill this year feels like Dang, you know what I mean? Like, this is the year. Well, I, I guess but if, they'll get if, that if, shot. You, if you feel that way, you may get that shot in the playoffs. Right, but he brought up an interesting point about how it could. it's going to be a different – it's a different season, and it could be a much more different postseason. Yep. We mentioned Indian Hill. You mentioned them earlier. Yes. They did beat Reading 53 to nothing. Charlie Sumrall, two touchdown runs and a touchdown reception. Ty Thornton, the son yep. of uh, former Bengals uh, player John Thornton, three touchdown passes in that game. Then last night – Taylor got a touchdown and a two-point conversion about that? I love it. to pull out a win over Madeira, 15-14. Finneytown knocked off Marymount, 22-7. In the Miami Valley Conference Great Division, Lachlan moves to 3-0 and in the division yeah. by knocking off uh, Cincinnati Country Day, 47-20. Also in the gray last night, Yowzers. Cincinnati College Prep beat Miami Boy, Valley Christian, 70 to nothing. Miami Valley Christian's been outscored 162 to nothing so far, uh, but... Beautiful new turf field. Cincinnati College Prep, 4-0 and on the year yeah. for them. New Miami with a 14-8 win over St. Bernard. In the Scarlet Division last night, Purcell Marion knocked off Norwood 21-14. And Corey Kiner, just another ho-hum Sheesh. night, 37-8 over Country Day, Summit Country Day, rather. He went for 256 yards and two touchdowns in four games. 17 TDs, right? Four games. I laugh at this. Four games. 1,037 yards Ridiculous. and 17 touchdowns for Corey Kiner. Is that any good? Uh, you think? Holy This t- guy's t- a real deal. I mean, wow. he really is, of course, LSU commit. Yes. Recruit, commit, whatever you want to call it. He's going to LSU. Yes, How about correct. that? To play in, a, in a non-conference game, because they're in different sides of the Miami Valley Conference uh, as well. As I mentioned, it's Brent broken into Scarlet and Gray. CHCA beat North College Hill 42-12. Colin Ames was 8 of 9 passing, 188 yards, and 3 touchdowns. And in the Southern Buckeye Athletic and Academic Conference. Is I it think academic this is and become- athletic? It's academic and athletic. I just call I it the SBAAC. Right. In the American Division, New Richmond was a 35-14 winner over Wilmington. Luke Lytle, three touchdown passes, 218 yards to the air, ran for two touchdowns and 137 yards. So he accounts for five scores, all five scores, and 355 yards total offense. And my guy, I'm just going to call him my guy, at Western Brown. They've had a a weird season. They're 2-2. They've given up 84 in a game. They've given up 77 in a game. They beat Goshen last night, 29-15. Low scoring. Drew Novak, the quarterback, 20 of 25, 246 and three touchdowns. How about his four game totals? 1,569 yards passing in four games, basically averaging almost 400 yards a game. Right, that's a lot. 15 touchdowns and only two wow. interceptions. So and Eagle, who works yes. with me, he's a proud New Richmond. In fact, he was on the football team, although he was just the kicker. I can see that. He's a soccer guy soccer primarily. He, but he does he, with but the soccer games on broadcast for here at East Coast. He's my had, color analyst. He's good. I think he had one tackle on, on a special team. And he probably, and he, and he probably didn't want to make that tackle. Oh, no, hell no. I think he tripped the guy up. Yes. I think he's a, I'm not sure it was a tackle. Probably not. Yes. And in the SBAAC National last night, Bethel Tate, East Clinton, Fayetteville, Perry, all winners. Fayetteville, Perry. 4-0 on the Perry. season. Fayetteville-Perry, right. that is correct. Just like Clinton-Massey, which did not play this weekend. They They're playing Batavia on Monday. This game was initially supposed oh, to be played right. at Batavia, right. but now it's being played at Clinton-Massey on a rare Monday night football for How high school that? football game. Yeah, so and, when, we and when we continue, you gave the Corey Kiner numbers yes. and a couple other numbers. 
Some numbers of a guy in the GCL South, a first-year starter, staggering. I think there's me. two guys we're going to talk about, but the okay. guy you're talking about, yeah. his numbers blow staggering. me away. Yes. We'll look at the Greater Catholic League South. We'll touch on a, a couple of other games we've not talked about yet as our final segment comes up next. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Get the skinny on Cincinnati sports with Richard Skinner only on Local12.com on the Local12 News app. Exclusive content, in-depth analysis, podcasts, and more. Cincinnati sports news 24-7. Get the skinny only on Local12.com and the Local12 News app. When it hurts to move, what often hurts most is the fact that you can't. Because every rebound is calling your name and every dance should be danced. It's in moments like these that we step in to help you step back off the sidelines because it takes two to tango in this life and you are meant to be the one. Mercy Health, healthcare for the universe of you. Find an orthopedic doctor at mercy.com slash ortho. Three, two, one. Welcome back into the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with Tom Gamble, the commissioner of the GCL South and the man who runs the Skyline Chili Crosstown Showdown, a game that I broadcast last night for WatchHSSports.tv and ESP Media. Saw Elder come back from 13-0 down to beat Moeller 35-22. Ben Hamilton, a big night, 23 of 27, 282 and four touchdowns. And Drew Ramsey, 14 catches, 144 and three scores. Rushed it 14 times for 84 yards and another score. And our pleasure to be welcomed in now by the head coach, of Elder, Doug Ramsey. Uh, Doug down 13 to nothing early, and, and I just I didn't sense panic on your guys' part. It just seemed like kind of clinical getting back to, to business. Yeah, I mean, you can't, if you get to that point, you're, you're going to panic, then you're going to be in trouble. Uh, we, you know, it's funny, guys. I think our kids kind of bought into people. Oh, Moeller, Moeller's not very good. And, and, and I kept talking about, wait, Moeller's got some, some really good players. We're a good football team. And, you know, and I think after getting, you know, smacked around a little bit for, for a quarter, our guys finally figured it out and started to play well. Now I'm starting to sense that maybe it's Peyton and Drew making Dad as a coach look pretty good. Is there any truth to that? Well, sure there is. See, good players make uh, make good coaches, you know. So, yeah, he's uh, he's doing a good job of uh, just doing all the things that we ask him to do. I want to ask you, though, about your quarterback. I mean, this is a the guy. The numbers are insane. I mean, well, I, mean, Matt, I mean, you didn't just graduate. I mean, Matthew Luby was a guy who led you to the state, Division One state final last year, was co-player of the year in the GCL South, which is a huge, huge honor. And then you, you bring in Ben Hamilton this year, who's never been a varsity starter, and we're sitting here. He's got over 1,000 yards. So four, I'll, I'll read you the numbers. 70 yeah. of 91, and it's not all shovel passes and no. dinks and dunks, mind you. 70 of 91, 1,000. 126 yards, 14 touchdowns, and the big number, zero, zero. interceptions. Yeah. I, I, I think I know the answer to this. Has he exceeded your expectation? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we felt like Ben could be, a, a, you know, a good, a good player for us. But, but what he's doing is, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to say, for him and, and what he does, we're going to be one and we're one and two in the GCL, and 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 he may be the player of the year in the league, right? Just because what he's done is, is phenomenal, you know. And he, you know, he never gets too high, he never gets too low. You know, I think Rob Florian said it to me best. He was doing our game on the radio last night, and he said, "Yeah, somebody said, oh, Ben, Ben had a great game." He said, "No, Ben didn't have a great game. Ben had his normal game. You know, that's 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 what he's doing now. And you think about his numbers, and we're not doing this against." Bad team. No, there's that too. Yeah, <laughs> three of our four games are, are are GCL games, and the team we played from 
from from Indiana, you know, four and one. So it's it's, it's you know he's doing this against against really good competition. His accuracy to me, he had a one last night. I think it was a sprint out, or might have been a bootleg going the opposite way, going left. He throws a deep corner route. It looked like uh, to to um, I think to Neiman, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I mean, right, and, right. He, and he dropped it in there perfectly. I mean, did you see that accuracy in, in in camp? And I'm not just talking about a guy making easy open throws. That he threw him open. I mean, you can't throw a ball any better than that. Yeah, that's what he's. And I think you know, I think two things with Ben. One, he's really he's really smart. Like he he knows where to go with the ball right now. And two, uh, that accuracy. You know, uh, when, when you can put the ball in places. I mean, even even the throw or what was it? Our second touchdown. The, the corner route. To, no, the one down the middle. Oh yeah, perfect. That, yeah, he took away from I mean, two defenders, but it was a perfect throw. Yeah. You could right. You, you, there was only one spot to put that ball, and 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 he, he put it right in there with pressure. You know, and and that's the thing that he's done so well. He's he's dealt with those things, and um, yeah, he, it's been it's been a lot of fun coaching him because it, you know just gives us so many so many. Eyes. We've got a good receiving core, and and with his ability to spread the ball around and 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 be so accurate, it's, it's a lot of fun calling plays. Elder coach Doug Ramsey is our guest. The Panthers win last night, thirty-five to twenty-two at the Pits over Moeller, uh, even the record at two and two. And, and Doug, I, I, I got to believe for you, you, you lost a, a ton on the offensive line, including a couple guys naturally going to BCS schools. You know, you, you had a real chance on on opening night, fifty-three fifty-two double OT loss to LaSalle at home. You led a number of times against St. Xavier, wound up losing that game. But you got to feel, I would think, because, you know, got a couple games left. Walnut Hills comes to the pit this week, and then you go to Indy Cathedral. Everybody's in the postseason. You're going to have to feel like this team's pretty well, you know, trained for postseason play based on the schedule and based on you getting young guys and transitioning this into this year's version of the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I think that's the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll be challenged, you know, with the games we played so far, and you know, and then you got Walnut, and you got a, a really good cathedral team to end up, this, you know, the, the regular season, and 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 you know, and, and we're, we're trending in the right way. I think we're getting better. You know, I think our offensive line's getting better. They're they're starting to figure things out, and you know, I, I think on the other side, we just got to stop giving up so many big plays on defense. You know, last night we were kind of a a bend but don't break. Um, in, in a lot of situations, you know, we we got to start forcing some turnovers and some three and outs. And you know, we've been so efficient on offense. Like last night, we we, we really had, we only had the ball seven times right. and scored five touchdowns. You know, so we we we've, we've got to get better there because I, I think we're really we're kind of taking off now. You know, as a, as an offense, and we just gotta we gotta do a better job of of, 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 of slowing people down a little bit on defense. All right, Doug, we appreciate you taking a few minutes with us now. It's a shame that Tony Pike, he was he's normally in here with us, but he's on assignment. I mean, do you guys ever just hang out in the streets of Reading anytime together? Sure. Do yeah. you? Oh. oh, yeah. But, you know, what's his assignment? I'm sure it's something, it's something on, really good. It's on a beach it in Siesta a beach. Key, I believe. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. There you go. He's got it all figured out. Doug, we appreciate it. Uh, Thanks right, for joining us. Best of luck the rest of the regular season. We'll catch up with you postseason all time. Right. 
right, thanks. Good deal. Right. Thanks very much. Doug Ramsey, head football coach of Elder High School, and uh, and a really, really good coach. I mean, I no doubt. Joke, one but of the I best. mean, he's, he is one know, of the best. And Peyton's already graduated uh, from IU. Is was in the transfer portal. He's now at Northwestern. And Drew, his son's a junior. And you mentioned those numbers: one forty-four and eighty-four receiving and, and and rushing, and really uses him a lot in the slot, direct snaps. Yeah, and, the, the, the direct snaps. It's he's really good yeah. when they put him back there. That, that's the thing. They're so diverse offensively. They're averaging thirty-eight points. Yeah. And against the schedule they've played, they're averaging right. 38 Well, points. and really, I mean, I was at the LaSalle game. I mean, that was our first game in the Skyline Chili Crosstown showdown. And really, had they, they had a chance to stop Zach Branham at the goal line, right. they would have won that game. And then they led St. Xavier a couple times uh, in, in their game. But, I mean, this is a good elder team. And so that's one, one of the things about this league. Records can be really, really well, deceiving. Well, I, I think a couple of things happen with Moeller. Look, Trinity is just that good. I'm going to give you that part. Sure. But but in the podcast I do with Mark Elder, the coach here at ESP Media on Tuesdays, he talked about it at halftime. He, the thing he was disappointed in was not being down to Trinity the way they were, and he tipped his cap to them. It was that he didn't think his team fought in the first half, so he challenged them. They play him to a draw in the second half, and you go, well, Trinity. No, Trinity left their ones in. They didn't leave it in to run up the score. Yeah, it was the right. first game. But that the thing for him is they did that in the second half, a 7-7 score with Trinity. Ones v ones, and I think you saw Moeller take some confidence from that last night. Yeah. They changed starting quarterbacks. They put T.J. Rattello, the quarterback, right. at running back, who had a big game. He had over 100 yards rushing, over 100 yards Same receiving. Thing, yep. uh, Noah Gesselbrock had a pretty good first start, missed a couple of plays, but overall, pretty good first start. And their defense, it got shoved around a bit, but again, you're getting you're getting beaten by a really good offense. I mean, yeah. they're really, really good. So I think that's what he, his point was. I think his players probably saw that score. They hear it say, yeah, Moeller's Moeller's Moeller. Again, they're not as yeah, good as they high were. High school, you know, it's hard not sometimes. Although in the GCL, that, you know, and, and then Remember we go last to, year, didn't they play, if I'm not mistaken, they played a close game, right? They, they did. And then let's go to, no, I think last year was not. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe Moeller got the kickoff was, return early for a touchdown. Well, but two what, years ago, Elder led him by 10 at Nipper. Right. And and that's the year Moeller came back and won the league. Yep. Speaking of the rest of the league, yes. the other two teams did not play uh, a league game. They played right. outside the league in two really good challenges. Yeah. St. X goes to Indianapolis to take on Indy Cathedral, the team that will close the season with Elder, or Elder will close the season with them. Uh, St. X falling short 25-22. The big story, though, the quarterback, Brogan Mackay, suffering, a, it looked like, I guess, an injury, maybe an ankle right. injury, um, and, and left the game. X did score late to pull within 25-22 with six minutes to go, but could not pull out the Well, win. and they but, actually, at the end, they forced the fumble right, and had the and had the ball and, until a late interception. So they were there. And, and you know, here's what I mean about the record. St. X is two and two. Their two losses are to Brownsburg, which is a really good team from Indianapolis, thirty to twenty four yeah. in overtime that was on ESPN two. Number one in their class. They are. Mistaken. They are. They're really good. And and think and in Indy Cathedral, a perennial state championship contender, they're undefeated too. I mean, and X led that Brownsburg game, and frankly, Steve Speck would tell you, probably should have won, but first game? I, I mean, you know, you're going to be tested when you play those type of opponents that St. Xavier is playing. Also, LaSalle went on the road to Louisville last yeah. night, took on a good program. DuPont Manual came away with a 17-7 victory there. I think the surprise for LaSalle this season has been the defense has given up Way more than I think we expected, but yeah. maybe last night's a turning point well, for that defense as well. 52 they gave up to Elder Week 1, then, then 24 in the 24-10 to 10 loss at home to St. X. 
Then they scored and went up 21-0, gave up 13 and a 35-13 win at Lakota East, and held DuPont Manual to seven. Here's what I would tell you. As I was, you got to wonder if maybe that defense doesn't start to turn the corner and well, they're still going to be a tough team to beat in Division well, As long as you got Zach Brannon right. and, and Jabron Payne at quarterback and running back. Here's the other thing I would tell you about LaSalle, too. You can't convince me. you got a defensive secondary that's loaded with guys going to BC. You, you can't convince me that there's not a little bit. They won four of the last six state championships, right. D2, including last year. I just think it's time to lay a little refocus. I think you'll see them I do too. A, a real contender again. Yeah, lastly, and we got about 30 seconds yep. here to wrap the show up. Uh, Walnut Hills beat Withrow 24-6. Yeah. Why make that significant to end the show is CPS schools now back allowed to play. Which is really good to see. This past week, they played some scrimmages. I, I thought they were some yep. regular season games. This was a regular season game. Some of them played scrimmages. They could only play CPS versus right, CPS, right. but I think starting next week, right, they can go and play um, outside. Now, a lot of the CPS schools are in the same league, the they CMAC. CMAC, right. Right. But Walnut Hills is not. They're in the ECC. Withrow is right. back in the CMAC, actually. Right. Um, so at least now those schools get a chance to play. I'm, uh, nothing makes me any happier than that. I mean, they, they wanted to play, and God love them, for, for fight, you know, for battling to get back and be able to play. So everybody, it was Middletown, it was Erlanger, Ellesmere with Lloyd Memorial yep. High School and CPS. Now they're all back to play in, which is what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants. I'm yes. glad, to, glad to see it for sure. All right, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it very much. For our executive producer, engineer, Rob Ebel, uh, for Tom Gamble, I'm Richard Skinner. Tony Pike will be with us next week. Maybe. It's the Greater Cincinnati Scoreboard and Recap Show from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.